Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. This episode is sponsored by Fortuna Games, STL. Owners Will and Ashley have a quaint shop here in St. Louis City. They have lots of Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards on hand, as well as board games and accessories, like card sleeves that I am always ranting about. Use coupon code ELABG10 for 10% off your purchase. If you don't see what you're looking for on their website, fortunagames.net, just email them and see if they can get it for you at fortunagames at gmail.com. Fortuna Games, for all your lunchtime board gaming needs. Well, quite simply put, I am now obsessed with the pandemic world. After a rough relationship at the start with the original base game, my love was rekindled with Rapid Response and Hot Zone, coincidentally, during the COVID pandemic. As I've been working my way through the pandemic expansions, I branched out, much like a disease, and decided to try some of the other versions of the game. First up, I located, purchased, and played The Cure. That's right, I played it relatively soon after purchasing it, like, within a few days which is completely unheard of, hence the reason I have a healthy shelf of shame. What drew me to The Cure is that it has its own expansion. Anytime a variation is successful enough to warrant its own expansion, I get curious. As I was trying to locate a copy for a respectable and responsible cost, I came across a new website that buys and sells used board games. This website has been a game changer for me. Anyway, back to Pandemic The Cure. Let's take a look at it and see if I should buy the expansion. Alright, welcome back to the Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Now let's take a look at the rule clarity for Pandemic The Cure. Like all the other Pandemic versions, the rulebook is 8 pages long. This set has more negative space than all the other rule sets combined. Why so much blank space? They have lots of examples and pictures. This aids to make the rules to this game simple and quite clear. Time to explain to newcomers. I watched a video on the gameplay prior to purchasing The Cure. I rarely purchase games without doing my research. I have had a few, well, let's say not so positive experiences. Anyway, I watched the 8 minute video that also included a review. So, you can explain this to newcomers with a working knowledge of Pandemic in about 5 minutes. It would take a little longer if the new person has never played any Pandemic. I would say somewhere around the 15 minute mark. Gameplay. First time setup requires you to put together the treatment center ring. Place it in the middle of the table. Place the region discs that look like drink coasters around the outside in numerical order. Next, place the infection syringe 
at the starting level of your choice and the outbreak syringe on the crossing arrows in the blue section next to the number 8. Then place the CDC coaster off to the side. Next, give each player one of the seven rolls at random. Then each player needs the five or seven matching colored dice and pawn. Place all the player pawns in region one. Shuffle and place the event cards next to the CDC coaster. And lastly, randomly draw 12 dice from the infection bag. Roll each one and set it on the region corresponding to its result. Now notice that not all the numbers are on each of the dice. For instance, one is only on the red and blue dice. Six only appears on the red and blue dice as well, but red can also have a four and blue can have a two or four. If you count, you will notice that there are five hash marks on each color on the bottom of the region. The sixth side is the CDC medic cross. You can also figure out how likely each number can come up on each die. This becomes the crux of the game. Can you afford to let that region ride one more turn? During the setup, you cannot have more than three of the same color dice on the same region. If a fourth would appear, re-roll it. Once all 12 dice are placed, the game begins. On a player's turn, they roll, resolve, and re-roll what results are not wanted, resolve, and re-roll a final time. If at any time a biohazard result appears, it may not be re-rolled. If one of these biohazard results appears, advance the infection syringe one spot and set that die aside. I'm not going to go through every result for every character. The basic actions, though, are move, treat, and sample. You move your pawn around the world via boats or planes. When in a region, you can treat with a syringe result an infection die by simply placing it in the middle of the treatment center ring. You can then treat it again and put it back in the bag. This is a balance that must be maintained. The amount of dice in the treatment center and the amount of dice in the bag along with the amount of dice on the regions. The other option to do with the dice is to take samples. To do this, a die has to be in the center of the treatment center and you need a bottle result on your die. This action is how you're going to end up finding a cure for each of the diseases but it costs you your dice. For each sample that you have, you must keep the bottle die on top of that sample. So if you have three samples, you now have three of your five dice tied up. So how do you find the cure? At the end of your turn, you can attempt to find the cure by rolling all the dice of one color that you have and adding the pips up, hoping for a sum of 13 or more. If fewer pips show, you do not find the cure. Better luck next turn. If 13 was met or exceeded, you have found the cure for that color. Place one of the dice on the cured disease card. The other samples and any in the treatment center go back in the bag. Unlike regular pandemic though, you cannot eradicate the diseases in the cure. And in this game, you don't want to because it would limit the amount of dice you have to draw from. And as you will find out in a second, that is not good. However, though, when treating a disease that already is cured, all the dice of that color are removed for one action. And the same thing if they're in the treatment center, all of them go back to the bag with one action. To win, all you have to do is cure all four diseases. To lose, well, like Pandemic, there are a few ways to fail. Run out of dice, you lose. 
At the end of each person's turn, dice equal to the infection rate are rolled in place in the region. If you cannot roll the required amount, you haven't treated enough and you lose. You can also lose if you've had too many biohazard results. Every time this result appears on a player's dice, the syringe moves forward one space. For every four biohazard results, an epidemic happens. All the dice from the treatment center and the new amount from the infection rate track are rolled and added to the regions. If you reach the end of the infection track, you lose. The skull and crossbones is a nice and morbid reminder. Lastly, you can lose if you have an eighth outbreak. If you must place a fourth die of the same color on a region, an outbreak happens. Simply place the die on the numerically next region and advance the outbreak syringe. But as you can guess, if that would cause there to be a fourth of that color in that region, keep the die moving and keep advancing that syringe. Remember though, all you have to do is cure all four diseases. You know, before any of these losing conditions occur. There is some good news, though. Remember the event cards we set aside at the beginning? If at any time during the game, a medic cross sign appears on one of the infection dice, set it on the CDC coaster. To help you along the way, you can cash in these CDC dice to pay for and use the event cards shown. There are three face-up, as one is used, a new one is put in play. But remember... The dice drive the game, so you have to keep using them or you could run out, you know, triggering a loss. Replayability. The Cure has a fantastic amount of replayability and this is driven by the dice rolling, both the player's rolls and the infection dice rolls. Add in the event cards that are randomized each game and you have a fantastically replayable game. This game can only be played by two to four players and remember, there are seven roles, so that also adds to the replayability. Components. To me, the components are amazing. Every die is custom. There are 85 D6, and not a single one is a standard D6. Not one. The central ring slash board is a nice plastic that clicks together. Now, I am not sure why it comes in two pieces. It fits assembled in the box. So, that was weird. The six regions are continents, and they are basically drink coasters. They're nice, but could have been a little nicer, perhaps. The rule cards look like they need a badge holder threaded through them. This has me worried that they will tear, but they haven't yet. And I bought my copy used. They are made of the same usual cardstock of the pandemic cards, as are the event cards. All in all, very nice component quality. <laughs> I do wish that Z-Man would put some money into making a box organizer worth a damn, though. Lunchtime Potential The box lists the playtime as 30 minutes. I can attest that this is correct. The first time we played, we gave the rules a very cursory read and cleaned up in under an hour. Lately, we played at lunch and lost, reset it, and played a second time. Uh, we won that time, by the way. Steamrolled the game, actually. We only had one outbreak and two epidemics. So yes, this game could easily fit in lunch hour, probably even a lunch half hour. Artwork. The artwork by Bernard Bittler, Philippe Guerin, and Chris Quilliams matches the feel of the base game. 
That is due to Chris Williams being part of both teams. I love the artwork. I just love it. I think that the world that's been built around this franchise, this story, is all heightened by the great artwork. The artwork is way better in the second edition of Pandemic than the first edition, and they've carried that new second edition artwork through this version in Rapid Response and other games and versions of Pandemic. Expansions. There is one official and one unofficial expansion for this exceptional Pandemic dice game. I would not advise trying to teach someone the game and using the expansion. The new rules and mechanics build off the base game. We taught the game unexpectedly to a coworker, but we had already set up for the expansion. It went well enough, but having the foundation of the base game would have made it easier for him to play the expansion for sure. Experimental Meds Experimental Meds came out two years after the base game in 2016. It offers eight new rolls to be shuffled in with the base game, 11 event cards, and two new ways to play. During setup, two roll cards are dealt to each player and one is selected. Of course, converse with your team on what combination would be best. The new event cards can be shuffled in with the base game ones. These new ones could have a persistent effect that lasts a whole round, depicted with a circular arrow, or it could be an infection zone travel ban that requires plus signs equal to the player count to activate. Now let's get into the real reason to get this expansion, the new game modes. First up, the mutation challenge. This adds purple mutation dice to the bag. But, this being pandemic, they can't just be normal custom dice. They have to be huge pains in the buttocks. They have two, four, and five on them along with the medic cross. There are three stickers included to modify these three regions, adding the purple to the bottom. It is hard to tell the difference between the blue and the purple, and the dice are hard to tell apart from the red ones. That is my main gripe about this expansion. Oh! Did you notice I only told you about four of the six sides? The other two are negative one and times two. As you can guess, neither of these are good. If the negative one is rolled, an additional die is taken from the bag and just flat removed from the game, put into the box, set aside, never to be seen again this game. Remember, if you run out of dice, you lose. Oh, and that negative one die needs to be re-rolled again. So, yeah, it can keep stacking. If the result is a times two, you draw another die from the bag and roll it. <laughs> and don't forget to re-roll that purple die. You must keep re-rolling the purple dice until the result is either a medic cross or a number. These can continue to stack. Then the other rules remain intact. You must now cure the fifth disease. To cure the purple, you must roll samples like the other colors. The change is the negative 1 and the times 2 results. Add the numbers, subtract the negative 1s, then multiply by the times 2. If the result is 13 or more, congratulations, you've cured the purple disease. If not, well, try again next round. You must cure all 5 diseases before running out of dice, before running out of outbreaks, and before having too many epidemics. It is fun. It is chaotic. It is possible. The other module is Hot Zones. This one takes additional setup and the use of the green Hot Zone dice. Quick advice. I do not 
recommend playing this with the mutation dice the first time. We did, kind of by accident, kind of by negligence, and it did not go well. Anyway... Anyway, the new green hot zone dice are placed in each of the green sections of the base ring except for the one you were starting in. Then, roll the initial 12 infection dice and place them regularly. Finally, roll one hot zone die at a time and add it to the continent with the most, in this order, red, blue, yellow, black, and purple if you are crazy enough to try to play this with the mutation. Any ties, players select which region to put the hot zone dice in. These dice have six unique sides that affect play in both good and bad ways. The good ones are white engraved symbols, evacuation, move an infection die or hot zone die to an adjacent region, isolation ward, spend to re-roll a biohazard result, hazardous samples, add one to the sum when trying to find a cure, then advance the infection rate one. You can only spend the hot zone dice in your region. Now the bad effects. They are yellow engraved symbols. Transportation lockdown. This takes an additional matching movement die to enter the region and this can stack. So if you're trying to move by plane, you have to have two planes to move into it or two boats to move into it. And they can stack. So two transportation lockdown dice would require one more additional for three Next up is the influx of patients. If this region outbreaks, draw four additional infection dice from the bag to the treatment center. Rate effect. If an infection die is placed in this region, add two additional dice and flip this hazard die to the evacuation side. You can also re-roll a hot zone die by spending a medic die from the CDC. You have the same winning conditions of curing all the diseases active in the game. Good luck. We have not beaten this one yet. Rapid Response System. This is a fan-made expansion that can be downloaded right off the BGG page for free. It is a five-page PDF with the first three pages being the rules and the last two being the front and back for eight cards for reference and for action. As the name would suggest, a copy of Pandemic Rapid Response is required, and as you know, I have it, so why not try it? In this version, the purple time discs, green dice, white and red cubes, and blue dice are needed from the Pandemic Rapid Response. Luckily, not the timer. Before playing, every player takes a blue die to add to their character dice and one of the reference cards. Set the other four action cards nearby. The zone pass card receives the nine time discs, now called zone discs, in three stacks of three. Place four white cubes on the subsidy card in the squares and the four red cubes on the quarantine card squares. Nothing is placed on the incubator card to start. Each region disc receives a green die rolled and placed on it. Each of the six faces has a different meaning. So if you have the power symbol, a player can re-roll the rapid response die upon entry into the region and a new result is immediately in effect. A plane is a no-fly zone, so a player cannot enter or leave the region via plane. The water droplet is a no-ship zone, same as the plane, but with the boat. Now no boats are allowed in or out of the region. Food slash the green can, no samples can be taken in this zone. White syringe, subsidy, 
you can treat a disease in your region and move one of the white cubes from the card to the red spent region of the card. If no cubes are available, this action cannot be taken. However, four CDC dice can be discarded to reset the subsidy card. And finally, the red bandage. The quarantine action can be activated. A biohazard roll can be ignored. The die cannot be re-rolled, though. To do this, you move one of the red cubes to the red spent region of the quarantine card. If no cubes are available to be moved, this action cannot be taken, and five CDC dice can be used to reset this card. The last two actions to talk about are the zone pass and the incubator. A player can choose to use two CDC dice and place one of the limited nine zone discs on a rapid response die showing a no fly, no ship, or no sample in a region, making its effect null and void for the turn. When that player's turn is over, uncover the die and remove the disc from the game. This card cannot be reset. The incubator card receives all the infection dice that have been removed from the game instead of placing them in the box out of play. For a mere two CDC dice, a player may elect to put an infection die back in the game and into the draw bag. This helps to keep dice available. The rapid response system might seem like a lot, but it was actually quite simple. It was a fun little add-on for the cure. I wouldn't play it every time, but it is fun enough to show people once we play a few games of the cure and experimental meds. Also, you can't beat the price of, you know, free. Other. The same creator of the rapid response system expansion has made a neoprene mat for this game. It looks nice, but I'm not typically a fan of play mats. Also, I just do not think that it adds anything to the game. It is, however, very colorful to look at. This can be found at meeplelove.de in case you are interested or just want to take a look at it. Bang for the buck. Both the game and the expansion retail for $49.99. That is a lot. The only reason to pay this much would be if you consistently have two players or maybe even three. These player counts are where the cure shines. If you consistently have four players, you're better off with the original game. That said, I picked up my copy of the base game for under 20 bucks off an online store, and I nicked the expansion for $30 brand new off eBay. That is the retail price of just the base game. I feel that I will get my $50 worth, no question. Summary. While Pandemic the Cure does not have the meatiness, the crunchiness of the original Pandemic game, it certainly has a place in the series and on my shelf. Oddly, the first time I played it, I played it two-player with a co-worker, and we just blew through it and won with ease. We enjoyed it, but it did seem simple, so I ordered the expansion immediately to make the game more difficult and give it more replayability. That weekend, however, I had a family get-together, and I played the cure with my cousins. I promptly got whooped two games in a row by the game, so I misjudged how great the base game is. Adding the expansion has only made it better. We rolled the mutation, but Hotzone handed us a humbling loss. The fan-made expansion was also enjoyable, and we won a hard-fought game. In the end, I have been very happy with Pandemic the Cure, and I am happy to have this on my shelf. Keep your eyes peeled for it, as it is worth your time and money. It just may not be worth its full MSRP. As usual, you can reach out to me at eatlunchandboardgame.com. 
click over to pinebox.com slash game. leave me a message, leave me a board game suggestion, and I will definitely give it a shot. And you can always email me at eatluncheonboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.